This is Bauer from Christian Death, and you're listening to Sticky Jazz. The opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Jeremy Hinks and Sticky Jazz Podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else on this planet. All right. Uh, good day, everyone. I'm Jeremy Hinks, the man of a million musical opinions, all of which happen to be correct. Welcome to Sticky Jazz. This week, I have uh, Kevin Rowland. You know him from the band's Dexies Midnight Runners. They had that single Come On Eileen from the Tuluraye back in 1982, 83. Um, and uh, they did so much more than that. And actually, comparatively, that tune was kind of a meh on the the map of what these guys have done over the last 40-plus years. They're really a great band with... They didn't get a lot of play in the States. But anyway... Um, this interview, I'm talking to Kevin Rowland about his new album, The The Feminine Divine. And I'm just going to explain for a minute. It was a really hard album to get through. Sometime back, Kevin decided he was going to explore his feminine sexiness, I guess. His feminine side. He wasn't going to oppress it anymore. And he showed up on stage. He did an album called My Beauty where he was wearing garters and lace and all that, and uh, it it didn't bother me. I just thought he was taking on a new shtick and having a good time, but he was really pushing himself through a difficult journey of shedding all the masculine, toxic masculinity in his life. And he's been doing that for a long time, and now by the release of this album called The Feminine Divine, He's done it, and my kudos to the guy. Um, me being the guy who is toxic masculinity, it was very powerful to go through this record, but even more so just to see what it was able to do for him and uh, to be able to talk to him about it. And it's just a great record, and the conversation was pretty... It was really heavy. Uh, the idea of it is uh, Kevin Rollins there going, hey, man, I don't know what y'all are worked up about. I was able to shed all that mask toxic masculinity, and I'm doing great. So that's the point of this album, and uh, we cover that in here. So there is just some heavy stuff. Nothing to really trigger, but there's just a lot of introspection in here that... Uh, Wow, a man has really come to peace with things. So uh, I'm going to kick this one off with the one that we all do know and love as Come On Eileen. This is the uh, the 2022 recut where they did some tweaks and edits to it so it would sound the way that Kevin wanted it. And uh, then we'll go on into the interview. So let's all sit back and do the sticky jazz.
Welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm Jeremy Hanks. This week I have Kevin Rowland, the vocalist for Dexies. Uh, you knew them as Dexies Midnight Runners in the 80s. Now they've just been abbreviated. And uh, we're kicking this off, covering the new record called The Feminine Divine. Welcome to, to the show, Kevin. Glad to have you here. Thank you very much, Jeremy. So where are you exactly right now, by the way? London, East London. You're in East London. Okay. So um, just a quick heads up. I sent my seven inches of Dexies to Ka to Dave. He's going to have you sign him the next time you guys hook up. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. Um, uh, let's let's get into the new record. I, I wish that we had the rest of the band here because I'd love to get their input on this. But wow, we've you really covered a lot in this album and it's the feminine divine it comes out in a week well in the states anyway in about two weeks i guess um, no, no end of july end of july okay yeah and uh i i really i it, it took me several times to go through it to really get it to i mean i i appreciated a lot of the music and the subject matter but it took me a while to get through it it was a hard one to get through and i realized really? why which which makes it a good record and really? let me explain yeah it is surprising, surprising. quite accessible well, it was um it required me to think about being vulnerable and it it was you being very vulnerable you putting it all out there and Yep. kudos that was very well done and you put it out in a way that was enjoyable to listen to but it's it was one of those that it's 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 one to take seriously you know it was a very powerful message in that record and um i asked dave actually about this a while ago because i because you know uh my beauty right great record and and i asked david about that and I said, so what's Kevin's take on this? He said, there's a lot more to it than just he's out taking the piss and having fun wearing that. There, there's a lot more to it. And you got to really get in there and listen to the music to get it. And I did this time around really. Uh, I, I I got it, but it was one of those records that, you know, um, it it makes you really think. And. I, I can appreciate that, but what uh, you made people think with this record, and you really put it out there, and 
I, I mean, what? I, I guess I was going to ask. I'll ask it later. But what, why? Why the title, the feminine divine, and uh, where did uh, where did these ideas like start to take form? I remember reading an article about you said that um, uh, you woke up in the middle of COVID, and you were kind of having a panic attack. And I, I guess, is that what uh, kind of led you in this direction? Or oh, right. No, I don't think so. No, I think it was before that. I uh, I um, started doing some courses, you know, some body work kind of courses in Thailand, different things. And, uh, you know, as well as physical exercises, there was talks, you know. And they started talking about women as goddesses. And, uh, you know, first of all, I just thought, really? can't see that and then as i continued doing all this stuff the penny dropped well actually they are so that was a revelation and um as a result of doing all of that my attitudes i started to realize that my attitudes towards women have been wrong and uh you know so i i i i i yeah it just i started to have a shift and um i wasn't planning to do any music i've been trying to get away from music actually and had no plans to do it but then about 2021 spring i just thought to myself you know what i could actually do some music now and i've got something i want to say so the feminine divine i just went home and one night the lyrics just came out all of them and i just thought this song's got to be called the feminine divine and then I realized the album needed to be called that. Because that track, I think, tells you a lot about the album, you know. Oh, it does, yeah. It, it's kind of like the, the the focal point of it. There is the build up to it, and then the and, and then that explains the last couple of songs that were on. Yeah. Yeah, then the the character, the protagonist, whatever you want to say, gets into a relationship and that plays out for the rest of the album. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like musically it could have come across as like a broadway play <laughs> you yep. know it was yep. and I, I i was like i could see you up there with a chorus and dancers and the whole bit right it was we we no, but what we're going to do on the live shows and it now looks like we're going to be coming over there in november okay look, looking very much like it and if i've got my way we'll do it but what we're doing in the live shows we're playing the whole album from start to finish for the first half of the show and we're acting the songs out on stage Okay. Yeah. Not See, just singing, not just performing them, we're acting them. Okay. So is and, and is there gonna be like standalone dialogue in between without music too or uh good question. Um probably certainly the the, the bit after the first song where it goes, Well, you know what? What? Yeah. Well, that's not what I really think, or something like that, I say. But that this time we're gonna do that live. Somebody will go in the band is that what you really think really yeah I, I was gonna ask that about that actually the the one it's all right right that's the one it's all yeah. right kevin yeah so in that one i i didn't hear the other part of the conversation uh what were they, it's not what, there right yeah what's the point so i guess being the the over curious person here what was the what was that side of the conversation or do i gotta wait to do i gotta wait to see you live well, no, it's just, it's just it's there to leave to your imagination. It's like okay. somebody's on the phone, but you know what they're saying because you can hear the response. 
Right. I'm being challenged. I'm being challenged. I go, what? What? No, yeah, or whatever. I can't remember what I say, but then I go, okay, well, this is what I really think. Because the yeah. person said to me, is that real? Are you being real? It could be myself. It could be someone. I didn't even think it through. I just wrote it. Okay. Because it, it sounded right. Yes, yeah, so casual. You're like, you were being really just as if you were like on a phone call there. And I was like, well, what, what what's going on over there? Um, But then... I was I was gonna say yeah it sounded like that was it it was a a, a a musical there you were you know it's it's all right Kevin manhood right and yeah it 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 that song explains it if you're not sure what the phone call said the guy at the you know what I mean the the character says well this is what I really think and then he tells you who he really is in manhood in in it's all right Kevin it was. The whole record, like, um, you ever watch that show? It, it made me think of this moment. It, uh, you ever watch that show, Ted Lasso? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it reminded me of that. There was a scene in, in in one of the episodes where where Roy, the really tough toxic masculinity guy, walks in, and there was his girlfriend there. You know, she had her hand down her trousers, watching her phone, and he's like wait, were you having a wank? And she said, yeah. I said, what were you watching? And then he finds out it was her watching his press conference when he was announcing his retiring from playing football and he was crying. And she was like, you are being so vulnerable. That's so fucking hot, right? And uh. and I was, I, I that was funny. That was how the episode was, you know, played out on that show. But that was kind of the point of this record was I, I felt like you were so honest in this in in the song the feminine divine and uh coming home i'm going to get free especially as well but when you were talking about these things just i'm shedding all my toxic masculinity i am being as vulnerable as i possibly can here and this is as real as you're going to get from me and that was what this record that was what i got from this record it was beautiful and I could tell it was probably a lot, like you said, you were in these courses in Thailand. It might have been a lot of gut-wrenching experience to 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 go through that. But to get to this point, that's probably the most powerful I, I could see anybody being is to say, I made myself so vulnerable, you can't hurt me anymore. It's true. I feel that, really. True. What else? Can I, you know, yeah, it's true. That's I true. mean, talk about that. It was so beautiful. It was so moving. But it was it was uncomfortable the first time to get through it. After a, the, oh, really? the, the yeah, oh, after, that's what was going on. It was uncomfortable. It was. I was like, this guy's really putting himself out there, and oh, I had to oh, listen to it a couple of times. So I realized, wow, he's got there, man. He made it. You know, well, uh, where we're, we're so many of us are afraid to. Really? So many of us are afraid. To, yeah, geez, me. Afraid I grew, to what? Afraid to uh, what? Afraid to be that vulnerable. Right. And like I I I was raised by an emotionally unavailable son of an alcoholic Glaswegian, you know. Really? Yeah. So you, that my my father never showed emotion unless he was angry, you know, really really angry or being funny. Other than that, my dad wasn't really there, and and so I never had role models to to learn to be vulnerable or whatever, right? And, well, and neither did I. I know that did I. Believe me. And then here you are, you're you're laying this out like that. And I'm like, that's something to be proud of that you can do that. Yeah, 
But get understand one thing. Yeah. I'm not very, I don't really get vulnerable in my life. That's why I do it in the art, in the music. That's why I do it. You know what I mean? I find that really hard to talk about that with people in real life. Wow. Yeah. But then you're, but then you're going to put it on, on a recording and let everybody hear it, say. Well, exactly. But that's art, man. That's, you, you know, for want of a better word, I don't really like to use the word art. I don't really like to think of myself as an artist because I kind of, it just implies that you can do it, but I don't know how I do it. It's still a mystery to me, and I quite like to keep it that way. You know what I mean? Each time something happens, like this album, I don't know how it happened. It just happened. We did we put some work in, but the results, you know, they've exceeded what I thought they would, you know? So, you know, so um, anyway, but all you've got, if you're going to be working on something creative, is your intuition. If you, if you, if you don't listen to that, what else are you going to do? Just make mm -hmm. up a few songs, you know? Fair enough, but it'd be a bit boring. Well, those are those are cheesy pop songs that'll get radio playing and die in a week. You know, it's. I wouldn't mind to get some radio play. <laughs> yeah. I care if it's die in a week. <laughs> so, um, uh, so wait, so on this record you had Sean, Lucy, Mike, right? Did you have the same crew on this record? I, I haven't seen the linear notes of who all was on. Okay, we didn't have Lucy on this one. Okay. Um, um, did, did Lucy play on this? No, no. Uh, Mike and Sean played a big part, yeah. yeah. Okay. So who is the voice? Who is the yeah. female voice? You haven't got the linear notes, no? I, I didn't get the... I just I just got the MP3s of the record. I haven't got oh. the linear notes. You yet. didn't get the press release or anything? I did, but it didn't say who all was on. I, I didn't get okay. all that, or the production okay. notes or any of that, so... Okay. Okay. So... so Mike and Sean, really. Yeah. And Pete Schweer produced again. He's produced for us the last few albums. And there was a guy called Toby Chapman joined, and he did some programming, some playing, some bass, some guitar. Yeah. Okay. Who was the yeah. Who was the female voice on there? Kim, uh, Kim Chandler. Kim Chandler. All right. And where can we find her? Cause she now that voice is something else, man. She's great. She is. She's also my singing coach. She's not hard to find. She's quite. Kim Chandler. Okay, I'm gonna take that note there. Yeah. Cause she was, she's something else, man. I tell you, I, I mean, even just when she was talking, she had that very soothing, sensual voice, you know, uh -huh. in your, uh, in the song, um, uh, goddess rules. Right. I was like, I, okay. no, that's someone else. That's oh, someone. Else. Okay. Uh, it's in the singing parts. It's Kim Chandler, uh, on the, on that one, goddess rules. That's, uh, she's great. That's Kamaria. And she had a hand in writing the lyrics for that as well. Because that, I was like, man, that voice was so soothing and trusting, mm. but powerful and sexy. Yeah. I was like, I'd, I'd, I'd have that conversation, man. This, that was, <laughs> I was, and so, and on that one, by the, can I just say, so that one was kind of like the reverse emotional respect version of Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Uh, that was kind of like that was what I got. I've I was never like, read that. I've never read that book, seen that film, and I got no desire. See, I tried reading it because it was such a big thing, and all my wife's friends, when I ever was reading it, and it was such bad writing. Me too. I started to read it, and I couldn't read it. I had to put it down. I like ha halfway into the second chapter, I'm like falling asleep. Right? So it was boring as well. Just it boring. was so boring. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like me, I would, I could. You probably read, I don't know, me, Hemingway, Oscar Wilde, you know, that like the classic writers, right? But man, that yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey, I couldn't stay interested. But I felt like 
that one. Uh, Goddess Rules was like, kind of, I'm going to turn this around and the fetish or whatever is going to be in me respecting you. Right? And yeah. me just, and, uh, but if she had a voice like that, I'd have probably gone, I'd have probably been that too, man. It yeah. was beautiful. That was a, talk about that piece for a minute, if you could. What do you want to know, man? I don't I can't just, what do you want to know? Ask me a question, I'll answer it. What was the uh, what was the, the 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 writing? How did you think of okay? Is this something that I could sit down and talk to somebody and say these, say this to her? Right? If you had that kind of conversation, or would to feel vulnerable enough to have that conversation? Because this record was pretty much I'm making myself available completely emotionally. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. Um, like I say, Kamaria had a hand in the writing as well. Um, she was very good and uh, very genuine. And uh, yeah, it was written from a genuine place. And it's fun, you know, it's bedroom stuff. Yeah. But it, it felt so empowering at the same time. Really? Yeah. For her. For her. Exactly. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. A woman phoned me up earlier who's just heard the album here. Okay. In tears. She was just crying. She said, everybody, every woman needs to hear this album. It's so, she went, that Feminine Divine song is so healing for women, you know, so that was great. You know, that was a big compliment. Well, the line when you said, I'm sorry, and then the voice said, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Was that, was that Kim that said that or was that? No, that was, that was another woman on that, that on that track only. It's Maddie, Maddie Reed. She's Sean's wife. Oh, okay. And that wasn't in the script. That wasn't in the lyric. I'm sorry was in the lyric. I was planning to say that. Well, I don't even know if I planned to say it. I just said it. And then when she did her bit, she went, she added that, you should be. So I thought, okay. let's keep that in. Yeah. Well, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, I looked at... Um... I've had to take apart a lot of introspective records of of men being able to say that they're vulnerable and and to approach their feelings. Okay, Roger Waters has done a lot of that. That was very difficult. Alanis Morissette uh, handed it, you know, her song "Thank You," where in the video she was just riding around Toronto naked on the subways, and you really? know, yeah. It, it, have you seen the video for it? "Thank You" by Alanis Morissette? It wasn't no. sexual. It wasn't sexual, but it was her saying, I'm here, I am naked, I am standing in front of you completely vulnerable. Right? Thank you by Alanis Morissette. I'm going to check it out. Oh, it's a beautiful video. How long, uh, how long ago did it come out? Oh, it was uh, on uh, Infatuation Junkie, so probably 98, 99, I think. Wow, a long time. Yeah. And it was, and I felt the same feelings from that video is is what i got here on this record but you were also um, i don't know what you've done like listening to roger waters uh the final cut stuff like that for a for a grown man to say i have been hurt i feel that like there was the one line roger waters gave where he said stepping up boldly one put out his hand he said i was just a child then now i'm only a man right he's addressing toxic masculinity I'm talking about mm. how destructive it is. Mm. And and then I'm listening to this record and yeah, there's the feminine divine. And then on the other side of that is toxic masculinity. 
and you you just like I was listening to this going, I don't know if I could show this to my wife. You know, I would love to. I don't know if I'm ready to be that vulnerable yet. I can't believe I'm saying this for everybody to hear. Okay. Um, Interesting. But it was that powerful. And it was it it's really made me think a lot just because of what I've been you know, because I am toxic masculinity, right? Coming from the crazy with what I grew up with. I think a lot of us are, mate. Yeah, a lot of yeah. us are. I think a lot of us are, mate. But you, I, I want to thank you for doing this because a lot of us are, are, can, even if we don't say it to you, um, a lot of us need to feel this. We need to accept this. We need to just say, you know, this is, it's all right to feel this way, yeah. to understand this. Yeah. And I do hope you reach a lot of people. I, I, I hope, hope that, I hope that a lot of men go and listen to this and say, shit, you know, maybe I need to be that. Maybe I need to be that to, to my significant other. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there was the line, let's see, let, let, let me, uh, I tried so hard to be a man, but I don't care if I can. My life has been one long fight. Yeah. And you said that that all just kind of came out right there in the uh at, at the, the uh, one night we started writing all these? No, not all of them. That was feminine divine was all in one night. Um that one took a bit longer uh because it was an old song originally and we just sort of worked it up and uh yeah, because it was originally called manhood and uh it was about being a man and I just thought I've tried so hard to be a man. You know, I really did tried to be the idea of what a, a man was supposed to be that I grew up with, you know? Mm -hmm. Tough, don't let anybody take advantage of you, all that stuff, you know? And, um, you know, I couldn't do it. It's not possible. Not for me. It's not who I am, you know? It's so I've got femininity as well, you know? And all of that was just not allowing any of that, you know, so. It didn't pay off anymore. Well, I don't think it ever paid off. It just kept me stuck. Uh-huh. Little bullshit. Well, right, and you keep saying that. There's all this bullshit, and I didn't know what the fuck to do here. I just had to, you know, you, you laid that out in the record. Um, I remember watching, uh, and I, I, I just, when, when uh, My Beauty came out, and you released it, and I was like, okay, like, because James had what two years earlier, James did the album Laid, and then on that album cover, they were out there in sundresses and everything, oh. and no, nobody cared, right? Right. And then you put out My Beauty, and there you were dressed up with the garters and all that, and I didn't even try and see, hey, what's the point in in the photo or or with that, um. I know the press wasn't easy on you, and I, I, oh. I was thinking. I went through. I even asked Dave Hines about this, and he said, um, he said there's a lot more to this than just could be said in one setting. But he's just, he said, imagine Kevin having enough nerve to say, I'm, I'm embracing my, my feminine side, my feminine sexy side, and that's it. I said, is he taking the piss? Well, he might be taking the piss, making fun of you guys of all your toxic masculinity. But uh, I said, there's it's it's 
Kevin being 100% real on that. It was. And... It was, it was, it was. I wasn't trying to take the piss. I was just being real. I mean, I thought this might ruffle a few feathers, but that's not the reason I did it. Uh-huh. But, but was I, was, it... I wasn't prepared for the reaction I got. Sure. Uh, and I, I get that because people didn't know how to take it. People were, you know, and he he said, just imagine a guy having more nerve than the rest of us to do it. And once Maybe. I once they took, and then I went back and listened to it again. I was like, oh, this is this is great. I get this. It's, you know, that morning cup of coffee thought, you know. Uh, that was that was what I got from it. I really appreciated that. But uh did did you feel like nobody was going to understand it or just uh no, I, mean, I when... thought everyone was going to understand it i didn't think for a minute that it would get that reaction that it got i didn't think for a minute i just i was really surprised but you know that's not my responsibility how they react you know i knew it was a good record and i was happy for it to go out everybody who heard it said it, you know they thought it was good and i liked the cover and you know people i respect liked it um i think a lot of people in the media in the press got triggered by something going on there you know they must have been oh it, well yeah react so angrily it must have touched something in them that they didn't like the inner homophobe the oh my gosh i can't like this like for real it's a guy wearing a dress having a good time you know making yeah. a good record it was um i mean here in america right now like i grew up wearing kilts and all that you know i i never had yeah. any of that in my it never but right now, oh, they're all, you can't dress like that. You can't do that. There's so, so much taboo. America's really getting worked up about it. And I think we, we need to play really? that record a lot. Yeah. People, there's so much transphobia right now that wow. they don't even know how to address it. They don't even know what. And, and I'm like, this is so dumb mm. that, you know, and I, I think that, that from my beauty on, I think that a lot of people just need to listen to that and, and see where. Okay, if it makes you uncomfortable, why? You know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I was watching... Okay, now, I've heard that song, like, for example, Both Sides Now. Okay? I Who doesn't love Joni? Okay, we all love Joni Mitchell. Yeah. But your version of that, I, I've heard it done a thousand ways over, but yours was probably the fastest version I've ever heard. It was great. I liked I was like, that was, you know. But... Uh, the tempo. The tempo, yeah, the beat, it was great. Okay. And this is going to sound weird, but when I read the book of A Clockwork Orange, not not the movie, but the book, when he talked about how they were dressing and being out there in the height of fashion and how well-kept all of them were and everything, that was the, your how you guys were in that video was how I visualized them in the Clockwork Orange from reading the book. Okay really yeah because in the in the book he's really uptight about fashion and he didn't he only described that we were wearing really nice ties and and our suspendies and all that you know but they he never like the the, the movie looked very different than than how i imagined it would have from the book but reading that really? book that video your version of both sides now and that video i was like man you guys are so like so dapper so killing it and how you were dressed in that it was really well done, man. And yeah, no, it was great. They, I really appreciate all those guys coming out. They just, they just wore what they usually wear, you know. 
So do you guys really go out and dress like that when you're out? Oh, yeah, there's a big scene. Well, there was, not so much now, but there was a few years ago in London, yeah. Because, like, my wife wishes I dressed that way. <laughs> she really does. Like, I'm, yeah. well, I'm also colorblind. I'm a terrible dresser. But my wife, she wished, if I dressed as nice as all you guys did in that video, you know, that would be great. It was, I was just watching that. I was going, she needs to see this, you know, like. You've shown it to her. I haven't yet. No, I haven't. No, she, uh, but she would think that was like, yeah, look at that. Look, can you dress like those guys? You know, you really nailed it in that, in that video there. And, but again, um, both sides now, right? What was the idea behind? I mean, obviously you, you gave us a totally different interpretation of that song from Joni. Or was it yeah. just you? You want to do a good cover of it, or was there something more to it? Because no, I can't remember now. Because when was that? We did that 2015, I think. We yeah, about it. seven years ago. Yeah, about eight years ago. So um, I don't remember what was in my mind then. You know, I uh, you had fun. I would think it was. You know, it's a great yeah. song. And yeah. it... I don't know if we had fun really. Um, I've enjoyed making this new record more because there was more involvement from Mike and Sean and Jim, uh, more involvement from other people. So, um, yeah. So um, with that, the last two albums, One Day I'm Gonna Saw, you know that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it? I, it's not my favorite of all your work. I've, I'd have to say, well, this one... Is probably again. I I'd have to go back and do a whole span of the catalog just because this one was probably the most emotionally moving, satisfying, and unsettling record. But well, anyway, I think. Go on, sorry. No, no, no. But, but so this one I like because of that. I uh, does that make sense? Like I have more of an emotional investment in this album than just because of what it is what it did and okay anyway i think yeah, one go ahead. is the best album up to dexy's album up to that point better than anything we did in the 80s um that's what i think and uh, quite a lot of young people that um here that have heard the album that don't really know that much about the they know the the earlier stuff but they one day i'm gonna saw as a couple of people i've met young that's their favorite dexy's album and that thrills me because but the point i was making with that and dexy's do irish and country um, I was just uh, taking on the responsibility for everything. I knew what everybody was playing pretty much in the whole band, plus doing my own vocals live and all of that stuff. So it was just an awful lot of work and it was draining. Well, because I'm looking at it here, you've got probably 27, 28 people on there. Cello here, violin there. Yeah. You know, there was yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We did it all live. So we had to rehearse a lot before we went in the studio. So we, it was a lot of work, a lot of arranging, you know, a lot of stress. Uh, so I don't know if it was that much fun, but I think the results are good. Okay. Because it's, I mean, again, what, this is what, 10, 12 years old now? 12 years old, that record was? Which one? Uh, Gonna Soar. Oh, oh, one day I'm going to saw. I was just saying the same as um, Dexys do Irish and Country, which had both sides now. I had oh, right. the same approach with both of them. Okay. So, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, Soar is 10, 11 years, yeah. Yeah, because Soar was a great record. Oh, wow. Soar and, yeah, I mean, they were just fun tracks. And you, you uh, obviously, the, the bigger point of it all is to have fun with what you're doing there. And, but you're also out, I hope, to reach people as well when you, I mean, this record is definitely, yeah, I, it's a really introspective one. Um, I, I read. This is commercial too. There's some really accessible tunes on there. Coming home, I'm gonna get free. They're very upbeat. Well, I hope that. you get some some radio play, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've no idea. But I'm not. I'm just saying it's not an inaccessible record. It's not in any way. It's sure. Commercial tunes on there. Okay. Well, I mean, I yeah. Don't think so. What's that? Well. I, I I haven't listened to it as would this be a radio play record? Wait, hang on, I haven't. Hold on, I have a puppy scratch at my door. Hold on. <laughs> I'll have to edit that out. Puppies have no patience. Um, I didn't listen to this one looking for. Gee, would this be a radio song here or there? uh no but it just jumps out to you but anyway apart from that well some of these are again i just sit and go okay now what are we what would this one like to hand over right to say okay this is one i would give to my wife let her hear it to you know because i again but this isn't one that i would listen to single songs either it's one that every time i've gone through it i've listened to it all the way through each time and hmm. It each time was a different experience, which I, you know, was great. Right. Um, right. Uh, let's see. So you had said in, okay, I'm a big George Benson fan. Okay. Uh, but I liked his old stuff the, on Broadway and stuff, you know, from the 70s. Um, but he was fabulous. But you said that it was when you were listening to his version of, uh, I and I, I I really never liked Whitney Houston much, but when you said his version of uh, "Greatest Love of All," mm -hmm. and you talked about how that just hits you at a very, yeah. and that was when I was like, I'm gonna have to go and listen to that song, and mm -hmm. and see. Talk about that experience really quick, because like that that song gave you an insight, something to really just think of. Yeah, I it... I can do this. No, I didn't. It was, um, it's a long time ago, so it's hard to think of it, but that was, uh, it was about 1990, 91, trying to stop taking cocaine. And I drove down to the countryside and I had a, I bought a tape. I went to a garage petrol station, I bought a tape cassette and called Soul 1977. It was a compilation album. Okay. And it had this love on it. And I played it and it just, I burst into tears and I had no idea why. Just uh, probably because I felt so far away from that, it was so beautiful, and I felt soiled and dirty, and you know, a long way from that. And uh, but it somehow it reached me, and uh, I didn't think anything of it, I didn't think about recording it. But when I got clean from drugs a few years later, I decided, hang on, what is that song about? And I listened to it again, and then I listened to some old songs that I knew. and that's why I did my beauty. Wow. Just, you can love yourself, make this, I mean, 
it's that that was what got you to make my beauty. Wow. All right. Well, that was the start of it, yeah. That was the start of it. And then when I stopped taking drugs, there was a lot of other songs that just came back to me. Songs that I knew. And the bizarre thing was, if you'd have asked me what's your favorite song, I wouldn't have said any of those. But they were just songs that I started to think about in my early recovery from cocaine addiction. And they really spoke to me. So I just thought, okay, this is the obvious path. I've got to record these songs. Then the work starts. Okay, how am I going to make it my own? How am I going to bring something different to it? How can I get inside this song? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Did that help you to get sober, maintain sober, have the strength to? Uh, no, no it wasn't just, uh, getting sober wasn't my strength. You know, it's uh, from a higher power or the program or whatever. But uh, But those songs were definitely signposts, you know? Wow. I'm gonna have to go back and redo that with no like like maybe look for the this this was a winner there or whatever to because I I've I've never done drugs, I don't know, but I can just I, I know how hard it is. I've seen so many other people get through it and a lot of casualties, you know, and kudos for doing that, really. Well, again, it wasn't me. I had a lot of help. I've been very lucky, you know. So but anyway, there you go. So um uh after doing my beauty and going through all of that was was that what got you to the experience to be able to have uh done this record done the new one feminine divine right was, was that what got you on that path to be able to to go that introspective and to do this or no, or, or at least or wait let, let, let me rephrase the question to be able to understand that song feminine divine uh, to understand what you were going to say in feminine divine No, because there was two albums in between that. One day I'm going to saw, I got very vulnerable on that album, but in a completely different way. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. That's for a journalist or whatever to try and work out. I don't think like that. Okay. I just have my intuition. You know what I mean? I don't analyze, oh, because this happened. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Wow. Because I was listening to, even just this morning, driving around, listening to Feminine Divine and thinking, you know, after what you did with my beauty and say, okay, now I understand where I was wrong and I can accept the feminine about myself. I can do this with this new music too. You know, it was, it was just really powerful. And I, I I'm kind of like taking this as the, the new chapter in what you started back then. I, I guess that's how I viewed this record. Okay. And um, gosh, it was great. You know, but I, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking. You know, one day I'll show this to my wife. You know, <laughs> let her hear it. Why don't you do that? You've said that a few times. Why don't? Yeah, you? I'm gonna have to. Um, so uh, you, you said you might do a tour in the states here. I yeah, didn't... I was just thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what well, can then... you tell me about that, or as far as the tour plans or live or whatever? Or yeah. nothing's up in the uh, nothing's in uh, been written in stone yet or far off it's not far off okay so the show it will be theaters only okay and the first half of the show will be as well as performing the album the whole new album right we act it out on stage okay then there's an intermission and then we come back and do the old stuff and do the old stuff okay so um do you oh let's see i i'm just remembering like 
I scored, and I remember finding it in in a uh, a shop in New York City when I was really young. Uh, a print. It was a bootleg print of the live at the BBC that you guys had done, mm. and. I paid probably 17, 18 bucks for it back in 1990, you know, about, I mean, 91, whatever. And uh, I sold that when I was just completely, you know, destitute and on the dole. I ended up selling it for, uh, to some guy in Japan for like 78 bucks. Huh. And I, I don't say that I regret selling it, but that was a wonderful record to have just because it was, I mean, I had, I mean, there was so much more. Come on, Eileen was a fun song and it was fine and everybody, but there was so much more fun stuff on that record that on the first record and everything after that, that was just, you know, America needs to hear the rest of your catalog. That's kind That'll of my right. opinion. Right. You know, how, but, do you think, how do you think the shows will go for us out there? Do you think there'll be um, pockets of people, enough people to make it? Well, depending on the cities, I know you'll probably do big in Chicago and Boston, probably New York, right? Because those, uh, those would probably be something ready to host that kind of a cultural event, right? I don't think Salt Lake City or Boise, Idaho would. Uh, uh -huh. would um, although there is a theater, well, it's a theater. We have a venue here that would probably be a great place to, you could probably actually, you know what? You would probably sell out this theater here um in salt lake it's uh it's an old movie theater called the state room and the water boys have played there um you know that and it's an old movie theater setting that might be i mean they have like benches like in an old whatever that would probably be the that would probably be a great place for you to, to do a show here but I think Chicago and Boston, New York, you definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think we've got the 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 cities lined up. You know, it's the basic ones: New York, Los Angeles. You know, San Francisco. I think is in there as well. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Wow. So, uh, what would be the set time? How long do you think the sets are gonna? Because I mean, this album, this album is actually pretty short. Even to act it out, uh, I mean, it's eight songs. Uh, nine songs okay um you would have you wouldn't have i mean a lot of them are pretty short but uh i would think hopefully we get a good hour and a half two hour set out of you i don't know yet okay because i would really really look forward to seeing this um so what else uh what else is on the docket a tour to, uh gosh a live album of this would be fantastic to hear it acted well, out would be Alive again. I'm a live music junkie, so I would. This would be one of those. It'd be like, ooh, tap the board. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, September we're doing the tour in the UK. Then October as Europe, and okay. then looking like the US in November. Okay. We'll, we'll see. And is it only your show, or are you taking the road with another band? No, just us. Okay. Well, geez, Kevin, um, thank you for your time. This has been a pretty moving conversation. I, I glad I got to tell you about Atlantis. Um, and uh, thanks for really thanks for a lot of the memories, man. I, I have so many like you'll think this is pretty silly. I, I served my Mormon mission in Hamburg, Germany. 
and uh, there were a couple of us. We we had we had all gotten the CD of the first record. We uh, we had this this stunt where it was just funny because we're a bunch of dumb American kids. We were all just singing, do 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 do. You know, I mean, it was just a. That was one of our little shows that show things that we did as, as yeah. you know, but there was so much around this and it was great. But I, I'm going to tell you this, my daughter, when come on, Eileen, I know it's not, it's been done over, done it a thousand times, by the way, the, the way that it should have sounded, that release was great. That was a, an interesting, that was a enjoyable re-recording or reproduction there. But my, my daughter says, this is one of those songs that makes me love music. Mm. and that was that was her reason for like there's that and i'll melt with you by modern english are her two favorite songs and you know they were both when i was nine years old listening to it and you know she's that's the one and so when when you get around when when next time you see dave right <laughs> so but uh, any other famous last words you want to deliver on this uh, album, other than uh, everybody, give it a listen. You're going to love it. If you want to listen, if you want to listen, listen. If you don't, don't. It's up to you. I, no. I think it's good. I think it was good. It was just. We've got no control over that. We've got no control over who listens, who doesn't, you know. Uh -huh. if, I, if somebody was on, the, on, a, on a podcast or whatever, or an interview saying, oh, buy my album. It's great. You know, I, I wouldn't listen for a minute. Okay. Well, I'm That's saying well. people should. I'm saying people should listen. I loved it. All right. Thank you. That's right. And it it just took me. I had to get in the right space of, and it took me a couple of times to do it. But it was a rewarding experience. Not just because it was fun music, but it made me have to think a lot about who I am and how I how I can or how I sh probably should be ready yeah. to handle things. Yep. So I learned a lot from it. Oh, mate, thank you very much. And thanks for having me on the on the show today. So, uh, uh, yeah, no, real quick. Um, aside from, so the person who's sitting in the situation who's vulnerable and afraid and wondering where they, you know, in that, in, in that vulnerable situation, what would you say to that person? In there, where they're they're on the precipice of what do I do here? How do I? Which person? Which person? The, the the young gay kid, the young person who's trying to find their own sexual femininity, or just ident just find how do I identify? What what would you say to that person? Because you 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 look like you you figured it out, you got it down. You you you. I don't I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. No? I'm, a work in, I'm a work in progress. I'm a work, work in, in progress. progress. Okay. Um. I would say to any young person, if they ask me, I wouldn't proffer any suggestions or advice, but the most, the best thing you can do is just be true to yourself, whatever that is. Be yourself, be true to yourself, whatever that is. Gay, okay. straight, whatever you are. Whatever okay. you are. Be true to yourself, your intuition, your own, your gut feeling, because that's all you've got. Well, thank you. Because I mean, I look at you and I think there's Kevin who said, you know what? This is me. And the only way I can be me is be me. You know, that was how I viewed what you were doing all those years. That's what I'm trying to do. All right, man. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you thank so you. much for your time and all the best. All right. Good luck with the tour and the new record. Bless you, man. All the best. Bye yeah, now. all the best. Good night. Good night. And thank you so much, Kevin, for your uh, 
conversation, the in-depth, the vulnerability, uh, that was just heavy, really. And uh, I, let's see, in the week that we've, in, in the weeks that we did this recording and uh, yesterday, or was it, yeah, this week, the, uh, the song called My Submission was released. Go check it out on YouTube. And it's, uh, there's a lot to unpack there in that video as well. And in the meantime, uh, special thanks to Barry Andrews, also, of Shriekback, for letting us use the theme and title of the, the song Sticky Jazz. And I'm going to close this one out with the song. Actually, it's called It's Alright, Kevin, off the new album by Dexys called The Feminine Divine. So enjoy, and uh, here is It's Alright, Kevin, and everybody have a gnarly, wonderful, bodacious week. Well, that's what I was always led to believe anyway. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, this is what I really think. I tried so hard to live a lie, pretending I was some tough guy, but now I. up in fear seemed like everything I said seemed all wrong what would they think of me no personality and no one from the start